Today on Spiritual Awakening Radio, the yoga of sound, exploring sound meditation or auditory mysticism. Surat Shabd Yoga. In the sacred texts of the great world religions, Gnostic traditions, and the path of the masters. Today's program is part one in an ongoing series. Today we'll focus on Buddhism and delve into the Baha'i faith a bit later on. No doubt many of you have seen the movie Contact, released many years ago, based upon the book with that same title, authored by the late Dr. Carl Sagan. The story was about SETI, the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. In this film, scientists intercepted radio signals emanating from another part of the galaxy. These broadcasts were being beamed directly at the Earth by an alien civilization trying to get our attention. After many years of broadcasting, they finally succeeded. Their message was eventually deciphered. It contained schematics for constructing a transportation device which would allow humans to travel to the distant world where the signals were coming from. After viewing this very worthwhile and philosophical film a number of years ago, I couldn't help comparing the parallels between this SETI scenario and one of the world's oldest forms of yoga meditation, Surat Shabd Yoga. Surat Shabd Meditation, the yoga of the sound current. Shabda is based on an ancient Sanskrit word for divine or cosmic sound, heavenly music. For thousands of years now, human beings around the world have been tuning into a sound which comes from beyond the stars. For the practitioners of the yoga of sound, this heavenly music is also a means of transportation. By becoming one with the holy stream of sound, souls during their meditation practice may find themselves ascending in spirit or traveling through a tunnel toward the place where the sound emanates. This sound connects all souls of the universe to the timeless realm of the Great Spirit, or Lord of the Soul. Inner and outer sound in the world religions and mystical traditions. Being an initiate of Shabd meditation and very much interested in comparative mysticism and religion, collecting world scriptures for a number of years, I would like to share with you some quotes from around the world on clairaudience, the ability to hear the mystic sound, the song of the Creator, the voice of the great life that brought all the bubble universes into existence. Sacred music in the world religions, I believe, are an attempt to imitate or mimic the mystic sound. The sound of God's voice vibrated and said, Let there be, and all became. 
In the beginning was the Word, the Logos, the Tao, the Shabda, the Nada, the Santi Sarma, the music of the spheres, the Om, and all things became. Indigenous cultures support the belief that the universe was brought into existence through sound. The Australian Aborigines, for instance, believe in song lines, meaning the way of the law, which sang the world and everything in it into existence. Native American traditions speak of the song of the Creator that created life, brought human beings to life, and sustains the universe. The Book of the Hopi, Native American Spirituality, the first revelation of the Hopi's historical and religious world view of life, contains a beautiful story of creation. The Hopis are old, too. They are an ancient tribe of North America. In this Genesis account, the song of creation is the essential force that brings to life the first humans. They were just clay figures until... The song of life was sung, and they came to life, or incarnated, here. And the earth itself is described as a musical instrument. Quote, All along the vibratory centers, along the earth's access from pole to pole, resounded his call. The earth trembled, the universe quivered in tune. Thus he made the whole world an instrument of sound, and an instrument for carrying messages resounding praise to the Creator of all." Unquote. In this account from the Hopi scriptures, it says that it is our duty, our sacred purpose, as human beings to echo this song of creation back to the Creator again by, quote, making a joyful sound throughout the land, unquote. Chant and sacred music in the world religions is all about that, right? And can cause souls to yearn. Souls can yearn to hear the real harmony of all harmonies. To develop a desire to meditate upon the inner sound of the Creator that fills the heavens. Another level of praise, another level of hymns, celestial, angelic, hymns, if you will. According to the masters of Santmat and those who practice Surat Shabd Yoga, this current of sound, light, and love will take us back to God again, will take us home if we become one with it. I believe the sacred music, the music of praise, the joyful song dedicated to the Creator, that the Hopi describe in their traditions is an attempt to imitate or mimic something of the higher spiritual heavenly sounds. Sacred music is imitating, mimicking higher spiritual sound, bringing some aspect of the music of heaven to the physical world. Tibetan bells and bowls do this very effectively. The inventor of the sitar, the most well-known instrument of Indian classical music or ragas, said that it was his attempt to, quote, capture the music of the spirit in terms of the physical world, unquote. He considered his attempt a failure, and what a glorious failure it is. The sitar, of course, is very beautiful, as are all Indian classical ragas. 
As beautiful as the sitar is, the real sound is far more glorious than any sound or outer music of this world. Harmonic overtone chant, something I learned how to do a number of years ago. The singing of two or more musical notes at the same time is a vocal technique used in Mongolia, Tuva, Laos, Vietnam, and other Asian countries. The human voice is transformed into a sonic rainbow of tones and overtones, making the voice resemble the music of the spheres. A few years back, I learned how to do this wonderful practice, and it feels very good. It's kind of not just vowel chant, but overtone vowel chant. It's like uh, 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 several things happening harmonically at the same time. It seems more powerful. In India, many have verbalized the sound of the universe as Om, the Om chant. In Tibet, Buddhist monks created an otherworldly form of chant, their attempt to reproduce audibly something of the inner sounds they heard during their meditations. They did this for the benefit of others in the Sangha, that they might enjoy something, catch some sense of a higher music. The various Christians, Sethian, Jewish Hermetic, and other Gnostic schools of Egypt also devised forms of chant that they perceived as verbally mimicking or expressing the real name of God that otherwise is hidden in the silence of the soul. They chanted various combinations of vowels and have included them in their prayers. I praise you, I call your name that is hidden within me. That's from the Gospel of the Egyptians in the Nag Hammadi Library in English. Edited by James M. Robinson and published by Harper San Francisco. The Divine Vibration. There are many examples of vowel chant in the Nag Hammadi, certain Nag Hammadi Hermetic and Sethian texts, also in the Bruce Codex, another collection of Egyptian Gnostic writings, which I have copies of, translated into English. Many examples of vowel chant or the I-A-O, or random combinations of vowels. Sometimes they spell out sacred names, and other times it seems more like glossolalia or combinations of vowels. The Gnostic Gospels are filled with many examples of chant and names of God that were used by Egyptian mystics and monks during meditation practice to explore the kingdom of the heavens within and the wonders of inner space. These ancient texts provide many examples of souls ascending in spirit through various heavenly realms on their way back to the eighth plane, the heavenly state or realm of ultimate reality beyond the seven heavens, where the nameless God resides, beyond all the veils of light, sound, and illusion. Whether it's drumming, Orthodox chant, Coptic chant, Armenian chant, Ethiopian chant, or any of the other forms of chant, Indian classical ragas or bagpipes, for millennia, humans have been echoing various aspects of this song of creation back to the Creator again. For in the beginning of the times, so did we all share in the holy stream of sound that gave birth to all creation. A quote from Edmund Bordeaux-Zeke's 
Essene Gospel of Peace, which he wrote many decades ago in Europe. Across the many centuries and around the world, mystics in the scriptures they left behind recorded some of their experiences with inner sound, the heavenly music that comes from beyond the silence. Encountering the sound current might be as subtle as hearing a faint tone or hum, a ringing in meditation, or as blissful as becoming one with a cosmic symphony on a higher plane of existence, a virtual near-death experience. Beyond what earthly language is capable of truly conveying. The sound current of enlightenment in Buddhist mysticism the divine eye according to the Buddha. With the divine eye which is purified and surpasses the human, a monk surveys a thousand worlds, just as a man with good sight when he has ascended to the upper palace chamber might survey a thousand wheel rims. So too with the divine eye which is purified and surpasses the human a monk surveys a thousand worlds. The divine ear, according to the Buddha, I have proclaimed to my disciples the way whereby with the divine ear element, which is purified and surpasses the human, they hear both kinds of sounds. They have two different kinds of hearing, in other words. The divine and the human those that are far as well as near. That's a reading from the Middle-Length Discourses of the Buddha on the perfection of direct knowledge. You know, Buddhist gnosis, Buddhist mysticism, the divine eye and the divine ear. Very much part of true esoteric Buddhism. A very rare thing to find in this world. This reading comes from the book Mind Beyond Death, a rather NDE-sounding title for a book, published by Snow Lion Publications, representing Tibetan Buddhist teachings. It is easiest to hear this sound when it is quiet, particularly at night time. Once you have identified this sound, then you place your awareness on it without wavering. Resting your mind in the sound, you continue to listen, going further and further into the sound itself. An, an amazing passage that reminds me a little bit of the near-death account of Pam Reynolds, where she talked about hearing a tone in the key of D and it wasn't just a sound that was pulling her out of her body through the top of the head, but it was also a kind of road to travel upon. The sound is a kind of path that you traverse. She, in her near-death encounter experience, uh, described sound as being not just sound, but a, 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 a kind of means of transportation, a kind of highway of sound, swimming in the sound, going further and further into the sound. Ajahn Samedu, a 
monk of the Theravad, of the Theravadan school of Buddhism from his book The Sound of Silence says as you calm down you can experience the sound of silence in the mind you hear it as a kind of high frequency sound a ringing sound that's always there it is just normally never noticed now when you begin to hear that sound of silence it is a sign of emptiness a silence of the mind it's something you can always turn to as you concentrate on it and turn to it it can make you quite peaceful and blissful meditating on that you have a way of letting the conditions of the mind cease without suppressing them with another condition otherwise you'd just be ending up putting one condition over another so he is saying that this is a natural way of focusing and relaxing without suppressing thoughts in a forceful kind of way but you, your your thoughts just naturally fall away and you just naturally enter into this blissful state or what they call in India a Sahaj practice a natural practice it's a perfectly ordinary thing to enter into that kind of mental tranquility and stillness by focusing on the sound there's nothing forced about it it's just something that naturally occurs if you let it happen Buddhism has a lot to say about inner sound, heavenly music, transcendental hearing as the gateway to enlightenment. It's a very rare teaching. Only people who study the works of living masters and follow this kind of meditation will notice these kinds of passages in the world religions and go, "Ah, I know what that's about." and otherwise these passages remain opaque or hidden or ignored or not paid any attention to not understood just esoteric gobbledygook words in a book that no one hardly ever reads only living mystics who follow a living mystic teacher care about this stuff and notice it in schools of spirituality from days gone by when others had living teachers and they too focused on inner spiritual practice so it takes one to know one it takes a gnostic to recognize what gnostic practices are it takes a mystic to appreciate what some form of tibetan buddhism once upon a time was into for a practice it takes a living mystic to appreciate past mystics like Jaaladeen Rumi and Shams of Tabriz when they referred to heavenly sound and letting the sound take us back home again it takes those who practice this kind of meditation to notice and appreciate the same practice when it's referred to in buddhist texts in hindu texts in texts by the bahai faith in judaism and gnostic gospels or the gospel of john 
mystics notice and appreciate the universal mysticism wherever it has turned up whether in the hems of Hildegard of Bingen or references in countless spiritual classics of saints and mystics or scriptures from past ages gone by living mystics always notice and appreciate and understand what others once upon a time have experienced and practiced during their day after the break more from the world of buddhism on transcendental hearing the cosmic sound the yoga of sound this week on spiritual awakening radio stay tuned for more after these messages Spiritual Awakening Radio streams live every week at this time on HealthyLife.net, Positive Talk Radio. Today's program is on the Yoga of Sound in Buddhism and in the Baha'i Faith. Before the break, I mentioned that mystics are the ones that notice the teachings and inner mechanics of previous mystics of past generations and appreciate the universal teachings wherever they turn up in Gnostic texts, Dead Sea Scrolls, poetry of Rumi, wherever it's found, the teachings of Pythagoras on the music of the spheres. Mystics are the ones to notice these things, blog about these things, write books on these things. There are some fantastic books on Gnosticism, for instance, authored by Sant Mat initiates, like The Stranger of Galilee, The Gnostic Mystery, The Gospel of Jesus, books on The Hem of the Pearl, The Robe of Glory, Odes of Solomon. This blog, which I'm sharing today, is an 8,000-word blog, which I created called The Yoga of Sound, which has quotes from just about every world religions, where there are references to inner sound. My focus today is Buddhism, and later on, the Baha'i Faith. The following reading comes from A Buddhist Bible, edited by Dwight Goddard. A wonderful translation featuring a collection of Buddhist sutras and the Tao Te Ching of Lao Tzu. 
This is one of my favorite passages from any Buddhist sutra, the Srangama Sutra of Kuan Yin. Kuan Yin Buddha, the hearer and answerer of prayer, has visited all the Buddha lands of the ten quarters of the universe and has acquired transcendental powers of boundless freedom and fearlessness, and has vowed to emancipate all sentient beings from their bondage and suffering. How sweetly mysterious is the transcendental sound of Kuan Yin. It is the subdued murmur of the sea tide setting inward, its mysterious sound brings liberation and peace to all sentient beings who, in their distress, are calling for aid. Srangama Sutra of the Buddha, found in A Buddhist Bible, edited by Dwight Goddard. Sentient beings pray, crying out for aid for assistance, seeking to be liberated from their bondage and suffering, wherever they are in the cosmos. The vision presented here in this Srangama Sutra far transcends the earth itself and speaks of sentient life in many places in this realm of matter and dark matter that we call the universe or the multiverse, what some masters call Pinda Desh, the gross material realm. Prayer can be answered, especially given this big picture view of Buddha lands of the ten quarters of the universe and this liberation process of sentient beings crying out to be free, as if they're sort of being birthed in the womb of matter and will go through some kind of tunnel to a, a bright light, a brightly lit realm, and be born into that realm, will be given birth somehow into this other realm. The sound comes and leads them home, guides them along their way. A transcendental hearing, a transcendental sound that liberates souls. Also from the Srangama Sutra, Ananda, the disciple, and all you who listen here, should inwardly turn your faculty of hearing to hear your own nature, which alone achieves supreme bodhi. That is how enlightenment is won. Buddhas as many as the Ganges sand entered this one gateway to nirvana. All past Buddhas have achieved this method. Srangama Sutra listening to our own Buddha nature, turning inward 
our faculty of hearing is the pathway to enlightenment for all past Buddhas and present disciples. Living disciples, living students are given that same instruction to turn inward their faculty of hearing in order to reach enlightenment. Some commentary from Ajahn Amaro. Listening to the inner sound brings the heart into a position of acute inner awareness. It is not that the inner sound has some magical property, rather it is that bringing of the alert mind, bringing openness and receptivity to sound, is symbolic of the presence of ultimate truth. The sound is always there. We don't have to create it. It is featureless. It is ever-present. So it is a good symbol for ultimate reality itself. More spiritual awakening to come after these messages. Stay tuned. Yoga of Sound in Buddhism. On today's Spiritual Awakening Radio, picking up where I left off, Ajahn Amaro commenting on the Srinagama Sutra and the way of transcendental hearing as the gateway to nirvana or enlightenment. Listening to the inner sound brings the heart into a position of acute inner awareness. It is not that the inner sound has some magical property. Rather, it is that bringing of the alert mind, bringing openness and receptivity to sound, is symbolic of the presence of ultimate truth. The sound is always there. We don't have to create it. It is ever-present. So it is a good symbol for ultimate reality itself. In the Sutra, the Surangama Sutra, the Buddha praised this method, the meditation on listening, as the best method for enlightenment. Ajahn Samedo had been teaching the meditation on the nada sound for some years. So he was elated by this connection, by seeing this connection to another Buddhist tradition. He hadn't realized that there had been so much emphasis on this in traditional Buddhist meditation practices. This presence of inner sound meditation, transcendental hearing. A paragraph from Ajahn Amaro, commenting on the Srangama Sutra of Mahayana Buddhism. He himself is Theravadan, and his teacher Ajahn Samido is uh, from the Theravadan tradition. 
And Sumidu had made friends with a sound mystic who was from France who wrote a book on the law of attention, Nada Yoga, and the way to inner vigilance. His name was Edward Salam Michael. And, you know, his research into sound had a great impact on Ajahn Samidu. And so Samidu was very pleased to discover yet another strain of Buddhist thought, you know, on sound meditation. The Sringama Sutra was originally written in India in Sanskrit. It's so old that there is no surviving Sanskrit manuscript, as far as I am aware. There were copies of it made in Chinese, and that's what's used these days as the basis for translating the Sringama Sutra. It's a very old Buddhist sutra, a kind of Gnostic gospel of Buddhism, an esoteric text from the Buddhist world. The following is from a white paper on the Sringama Sutra titled, Who is Listening? All about transcendental hearing, the sound of silence, meditation, practiced in Theravadan Buddhism by Ajahn Samedo, as taught to the Reverend Guo Qin, who is the author of this particular white paper. And this is her description of the stages of inner sound meditation in the Srangama Sutra. That Buddha taught me to enter samadhi, deep meditation, through a process of listening. I began with a practice based on the nature of hearing. 1. First, I redirected my hearing inward in order to enter the current of the sages. 2. Then external sounds disappeared. 3. With its direction reversed and with sounds stilled, both sounds and silence cease to arise. 4. So it was that, as I gradually progressed, what I heard and my awareness of what I heard came to an end. Even when that state of mind in which everything had come to an end disappeared, I did not rest. Stage 5. My awareness and the objects of my awareness were emptied, and when that process of emptying my awareness was wholly complete, then even that emptying and what I had emptied vanished. And Stage 6. Coming into being and ceasing to be themselves cease to be. Then the ultimate stillness was revealed. Who is Listening? Authored by the Reverend Guo Qin. Who is Listening? At the end of the process, it sounds like no one is listening. There is no I. There is no ego. There is only this awareness in a very altered state. 
a state of ultimate stillness. What others might have called the pleroma or heavenly rest, divine repose. The inner sound, meditating on this inner sound, produces different effects and leads one to a transcendental state of stillness. It's a kind of progression of consciousness. Another way of saying the soul leaves the body or the consciousness merges and becomes one with that divine sound. And then there is only the divine sound. Like a drop going back to an ocean of sound and stillness. After the break, I wish to delve into sound mysticism in the Baha'i Faith. You're hearing Spiritual Awakening Radio. My name is James Bean. Stay tuned for more after these messages. The Yoga of Sound in Buddhism and the Baha'i Faith, today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. Just a bit more about Buddhism. This is from the Tibetan Book of the Dead. O nobly born, when thy body and mind were separating, thou must have experienced a glimpse of the pure truth, subtle, sparkling, bright, dazzling, glorious, and radiantly awesome in appearance like a mirage moving across a landscape in springtime, in one continuous stream of vibrations. Be not daunted thereby, nor terrified, nor awed. This is the radiance of thine own true self. Recognize it. From the midst of that radiance, the natural sound of reality reverberating like a thousand thunders, simultaneously sounding will come. That is the natural sound of thine own real self. Be not daunted thereby, nor terrified, nor awed. This is from the white paper titled Who is Listening by the Reverend Guo Qin, who begins by quoting Ajahn Amaro on the revival of sound meditation in Buddhism. When he, Ajahn Sumido, first taught this method to the Sangha at Chithurst that winter, he referred to it as the sound of silence, and the name stuck. Later, as he began to teach the method on retreats for the lay community, he began to hear about its use from people experienced in Hindu and Sikh meditation practices. Here he's referring to followers of Sant Mat in the West. In these traditions, he found out this concentration on the inner sound was known as Nada Yoga, or the Yoga of Inner Light and Sound. It also turned out that books had been written on the subject, commentaries in English, as well as ancient scriptural treatises, notably 
the book The Law of Attention, Nada Yoga and the Way of Inner Vigilance by Edward Salim Michael. In 1991, when Ajahn Sumidu taught the sound of silence as a method on a retreat at a Chinese monastery in the United States, one of the participants was moved to comment, quote, I think you've stumbled on the Surangama Samadhi. There is a meditation on hearing that is described in that sutra, and the practice you have been teaching us seems to match it perfectly. That's included in the white paper, Who is Listening? by the Reverend Guo Qi, the Reverend Guo Qin, who's been a guest on this program a few years back. You can catch some of her talks on hearing and sound at YouTube. The following, which teaches us about acquiring spiritual eyes and ears, is taken from the revelation of Baha'u'llah of the Baha'i Faith of Persia. Baha'u'llah teaches, quoting from the Mathnawe, written by Rumi, the Sufi poet, that man will not be able to receive the light of God in this day unless he acquires a new eye. Eyes which are fixed on the things of this world can never see the glory of his revelation, and ears which are tuned to the voices of the ungodly cannot hear the melodies of the kingdom. By new eyes and new ears, he means spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. He states that since the eye of the spirit receives its light from God, it is shameful to let it turn to a stranger, and reaffirms that the purpose of God in creating the inner eye was that man might behold the beauty of his manifestation in this world. The following is from the hidden words of Baha'u'llah, of the Baha'i faith of Iran. O son of dust! Blind thine eyes, that thou mayest behold my beauty. Stop thine ears, that thou mayest hearken unto the sweet melody of my voice. Empty thyself of all learning, that thou mayest partake of my knowledge. And sanctify thyself from riches, that thou mayest obtain a lasting share from the ocean of my eternal wealth. Blind thine eyes, that is to all save my beauty. Stop thine ears to all, save my word. Empty thyself of all learning, save the knowledge of me, that with a clear vision, a pure heart, and an attentive ear, thou mayest enter the court of my holiness. From a very mystical text of the Baha'i faith known as the Hidden Words of Baha'u'llah very Sufi-like in many ways, very beautiful, very eloquent, poetic, and ecstatic. The first two or three leaders of the Baha'i faith were very much mystics and have a lot of wisdom to share. You've been listening to Spiritual Awakening Radio this week, exploring the yoga of sound in mostly Buddhism, a little bit of the Baha'i faith. At the end, next week, we'll continue on with the Judeo-Christian tradition and Gnosticism, and in the weeks to come we'll cover many of the great world religions, including those Hindus and Sikhs that the Buddhist uh, teacher uh, referred to in the reading earlier, the paragraph earlier from the Buddhist text, Who is Listening? We'll explore the yoga of the sound current, 
the audible life stream. In all the great mystical traditions and world religions and scriptures over the weeks to come. If you'd like to receive a copy of my booklet, The Yoga of Sound, send me an email at this address, james at spiritualawakeningradio.com, james at spiritualawakeningradio.com, or send a text message to this number, 508 603 9381. 508 603-9381. There is a donate button at my website, Remember This Program. Those interested in supporting this online and on radio mission, please remember this program this time of year. There's a donate PayPal button on the website. Uh, also at my website are links to podcasts that you can download for free. You can read blogs. You can receive my newsletter, daily spiritual quotes via social media. There are links to all of these buttons, apps, and links at my website, spiritualawakeningradio.com. My name is James Bean. Thanks for joining me today on Spiritual Awakening Radio. (music) 